Rachel didn't wear shoes. She had that kind of sexy, small-town girl style that works with bare feet. Long, dark hair, thin, but with all the right curves. Delicate, pretty little feet. I can't pull off bare feet. I have huge feet and clunky square toes, and anyway, Dad would never let me go without shoes, but for as long as I can remember, summertime meant Rachel went barefoot. She wasn't wearing shoes when we went to the old house at the edge of the woods last summer. That's why she cut her foot on a piece of broken glass. It bled like crazy and left a long pink scar on the bottom of her foot and another narrow white one, like a little ring around her middle toe. Standing in the sweltering chapel, three people from Rachel's mom, all I can think about are those scars and whether Rachel is wearing shoes now. But I can't see her feet. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be feeling, but I'm pretty sure right now isn't the time to be obsessing about whether Rachel is wearing shoes or not. Dad says I'm in shock. Rachel was my best friend from grade school through about six months ago, but I haven't cried at all. Not even when Dad picked me up at Claire's house and told me what happened. He didn't come until almost nine o'clock Saturday morning, but I know Rachel died before three, one hour after Skylar kissed me for the first time, 35 minutes after she sent me her last text. I step back behind the man in front of me and wrap my fingers hard around my phone. It's attached to my wrist by a little beaded cord. I forgot until just this minute that Rachel made it for me. It reminds me of what's on my phone. The text from Rachel may be her last words. She was asking for help, but I didn't answer her. And now she's gone. The man hanging on a cross at the front of the church accuses me. I was taught better. A good friend, a good Christian would have answered the text immediately. A good girl would have gone to the police, even though she told me not to. Dad nudges me from behind. I look up and realize that the only thing between me and the casket is an empty space, kind of like the emptiness in my chest. I hesitate, but he half directs, half pushes me forward. As soon as she sees me, Rachel's mom, Arasali, gasps and pulls me so hard against her that I can barely breathe. She smooths my hair and whispers, Mija, 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 and other words in Spanish that I don't understand. Her voice and her chest heave against me, thick with pain. Over her shoulder, I try not to look at Rachel's face, but I can't help it. She looks like a wax doll. Her eyelashes lie on powdered pink cheeks, paler than her usual golden tan. And even her satiny black hair looks fake. I've never seen a dead person before. Dad told me that she would look like she was sleeping, but to me she looks dead. Her dress is all wrong. It's too formal white satin with buttons that go all the way up to her chin, choking her. I've never seen Rachel in a dress before, 
skirt sometimes, long and flowery, like the one her mom is wearing, but never a dress. Usually she wore cut-off shorts, tanks, and t-shirts. Maybe the collar on the dress is so high to hide the hole in her chest where the bullet went through.